It's a Mailbag Monday. We've got your questions about Yuri Perez and his debut for the Miami Marlins, AJ Schmitschauver of the Braves, Mike Vasile of the Mets, and Hunter Goodman of the Colorado Rockies. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today is your show. All questions on a Mailbag Monday come from listeners of the show. If you have a question for us, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com or Drop your questions in our Locked On MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. A couple questions came up from the Discord, and we've talked about him quite a bit, but the debut of Yuri Perez on Friday for the Miami Marlins. Facing the Cincinnati Reds, he became the youngest pitcher in franchise history. He's about 200 days younger than the previous record. And so Yuri Perez goes out four and two-thirds innings against Cincinnati. Four hits, two runs. Two walks and seven strikeouts. And I wanted to take a second and jump into this because there's a lot of stuff that was really interesting about this outing. So, in four and two-thirds innings, Yuri Perez throws 88 pitches. So, not the most efficient outing. And a guy who gets lots of strikeouts is typically going to have a scenario like that. Uh, He throws 41 four-seam fastballs, uh, averages 97, touches 99 with it. 47% on that. Throws 31 sliders, so 35% there. Throws 12 curveballs, 14%, and only four change-ups, 5% of the time. If you remember from Friday, we talked about what to expect from Yuri Perez. That change-up, the fastball-change-up combo is one of his big weapons. But you saw the Cincinnati Reds stack up the lineup with a bunch of righties. He only faced two lefties, and so he only threw four of those change-ups. So how the outing went, uh, he, he came in uh, getting 31% CSW rate. We talked about call strikes plus whiffs. Whiffs obviously being the swing and miss. Called strike is they don't swing at it, but it's still a strike. He got 16 whiffs, which would be 90th percentile if he was qualified for a qualified starter this year in MLB. So the stuff is as good as we talked about it being. The average velocity, again, he averaged 97.5. Among starting pitchers this season, only four starters have averaged a higher speed on their fastballs. Jacob DeCrom, Hunter Green, Mason Miller, and Sandy Alcantara. That fastball had a ton of spin, too. 2,600 RPM, it averaged just over 2,600. Would have been only Emmanuel Classe of the Guardians had more spin than that. Uh, the slider came in about 86, 87 miles an hour, top 25 as far as velocity on the slider. And then the changeup, again, he only threw four of them. He averaged 91 miles an hour, uh, but that's, that, that's still fifth fastest in all of baseball. So uh, a fantastic performance from the metrics, but when you watch what he actually did, it was really interesting how this whole thing broke down. So, Yuri Perez only gets four swings and misses 
out of or four whiffs out of 22 swings on the fastball. And we talked on Friday about the way to attack Yuri Perez is to stack your lineup with righties to try to negate the changeup, which Cincinnati did, and then try to ambush the fastball. Hope he leaves one up. Hope he screws something up there because uh, that's going to be your best bet. Anybody, like any professional hitter for the most part can time up 97 and hit it. And we saw that when I go back and I watch the outing, I feel like the control was better than the command. So the control, the ability to throw a pitch for a strike, 78% of those fastballs were in the zone. So he's throwing that fastball for a strike, but the command wasn't necessarily there. He wasn't quite hitting his spots. And when he missed with the fastball, it wasn't missing up or missing down. It was a lot of missing um, away or in. And it's easier for a hitter to lay off a pitch when they can tell it's going to be outside than when they're not sure if it's going to be up above the zone or in the zone. So I think working on some of the, like, just an off day for the command means it's kind of a lateral game there and you're not necessarily getting as many swings and misses as you would get. Still finished with a 29% CSW on the fastball, which is very good because typically fastballs will have a little bit lower CSW than a lot of breaking pitches. For the slider, throws uh, 31 of them, gets eight swings and misses. It's a 32% CSW on the slider by itself. He had good control and command of it. Uh, So, you know, 39% uh, uh, strikes as far as throwing it in the zone, but that's not necessarily what he was trying to do with it. He was really leaning on uh, on the slider when he faced a righty, and he got a lot of uh, not great swings off of that. Uh, Curveball through 12 of those, four swings and misses, uh, 42% CSW. Uh, it's, it's a, had a, like a one to shut one to seven shape. So gave him a little more vertical action. And it's something where when he wasn't as able to command the fastball, he could still use that to keep the vertical component of the game. So the curveball was good. And then again, only through four changeups. Uh, No swings and misses, did get one swing on the changeup, induced a ground ball. So it did what it needed to do. But ultimately, an outing where, yes, he gave up a couple runs. Uh, Yes, he walked two guys. But the stuff is fantastic. Again, the slider, top 25 velocity for a slider. Um, Fast, like the average speed of the fastball, top five. Uh, Spin rate on the fastball, it would be number two in baseball. Was he qualified? Changeup. Top five velocity on the changeup, and then 16 swings and misses despite not having the command of the fastball. Uh, Yuri Perez, or as Sandy Alcantara calls him, Pequeño Jarafe, baby giraffe, uh, Yuri Perez looked like he was one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, and he pitched like it. And I think, from what I understand, they're going to keep him up for at least another start or two, just based on the timing of when the the injured guys are going to come back. And I absolutely think that Yuri Perez is going to learn from this. You'll see him find ways to work that change up in more situations besides just a left-handed hitter. And I think that you'll see him get a little bit better with the command of the fastball. So if you are a, a Marlins fan, you should be very, very excited about the future of this rotation between a, a Sandy Alcantara and a Yuri Perez. In just a minute. We've got some questions about some pitchers. 
in the farm systems of the National League East, as well as a guy in Hunter Goodman that's got some pretty stupid power. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends with eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. The next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. Uh, Deion Sanders said it. When you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good. When you play good, they pay good. These parts from eBay Motors will fit good. and They will make your car play good. They have 122 million parts. They'll be back in the game in no time. So get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Okay, so uh, questions from our Locked Movie Prospects Discord, as well as uh, Twitter, email, YouTube, all of those. Uh, first one's from Bert on Twitter. We were uh, excitedly watching on Saturday night uh, A.J. smith Shaver pitch for the Mississippi Braves, right-handed pitcher. And he said, I know it's early, but when do you think we might see A.J. smith Shaver in Atlanta? So, uh, reminder here, 2021 seventh rounder out of high school has been jokingly by a lot of people, myself included, called the Spencer Strider starter kit because he, uh, 70 grade fastball, 70 grade slider, right? And then was throwing a changeup that was kind of like, eh, what, why, what, are you, what are you doing with that? And so the comparisons are there to Spencer Strider. Uh, has had just about as good of a year as you're going to see a minor leaguer have at the midpoint of May from the perspective of he has made five starts, three were in high A Rome, two were in double A Mississippi. And the next run that A.J. smith Shaver gives up will be the first run that he gives up of the season. He's got a zero ERA in 21 innings pitched. 32 strikeouts, so 13.7 per nine to seven walks, three walks per nine. Obviously no home runs because no earned runs, no runs, period. No one has scored when A.J. smith Shaver has been on the mound in 2023. And we last time we talked about him, uh, I think it was with Jake of Locked on Braves, we talked about the fastball and the slider. And both of those are still very, very good. The fastball sits 95, averages 98 gets a ton of like 20 inches of induced vertical break. So it would drop 20 inches if not for the spin he puts on it. So carry up in the zone really well. Sometimes has a little cut to it. Sometimes has a little run to it. Doesn't always necessarily feel like he knows which one it's going to be when it comes out of the hand, but it's effective and it works. Uh, uh, he's he's still getting the the command of the pitch. Again, he's got control. He can throw it for strikes. He's still working on the command as far as uh, hitting his spots, and then again, the consistency of uh, what kind of movement is it going to have out of his hand. But it's a very, very good pitch, and when it's on, it is devastating. The slider, it's one of those, uh, sits in the upper 80s, it's also a 70-grade pitch, and we've made the joke, but it does remind me a lot of the Spencer Strider slider. It's not a giant sweeper, it's not a strict gyro slider, but it has that kind of that late a hard bite to it at the very end of the of it. And so if you're sitting fastball, it's just going to come in and then drop onto your bat the last second. 
Uh, very, very good. And then he's kind of essentially scrapped the changeup for a curveball. And I think this curveball is very promising. Vertical breaking curveball. Uh, so the slider's kind of breaking. Uh, if you're a right-handed hitter, it's kind of breaking down in a way. The curveball is a true vertical. I can't tell if it's exactly 12 to 6 or 1 to 7. It was a bad camera angle I was watching on Saturday when he was in Mississippi. But looks to be a very promising curveball. The biggest thing for me with A.J. Smith-Shauver, we talked about this last year, was he kind of had some lateral movement as he was finishing. So as he's coming through, as he's released the ball and he's finishing, he would fall off to the first base side, which meant that you had lateral movement during the delivery, which meant that it was going to take the ball off of your spot. There's your command issues, right? Uh, he's gotten a lot better at being more upright and more in balance all the way through the delivery. And so you can see the command looks a little better. Uh, you know, is, is again, seven walks in these 21 innings. So three walks per nine. Uh, and it looks like in, in double A, seven innings, he's gotten three. So it's a little bit higher in double A than it was in high A. But still something where I love A.J. Smith-Shauver. There is an outside chance that he kind of pulls a 2021 Spencer Strider and you see him at the very end of the season out of the bullpen for an appearance or two in Atlanta. But I still feel more comfortable saying, provided he stays healthy, it's a 2024 ETA to have him contribute in some way in Atlanta. I don't know if he's, if he's starting. He'll be 21. I don't know if he's starting or if he's working out of the bullpen as they ease him in. If he's a spot start guy. But either way, you could see him this season, but it still feels like it's going to be 2024 but A.J. Smith-Shauver looks to be on the fast track to Atlanta because the stuff is real and it's spectacular. Uh, Jeremy in our Discord asked about Mike Vasile of the New York Mets. 2021 eighth rounder out of Virginia. And was, was never really had that great college career like everybody thought. He was, he was going to be a prep draftee, had an arm injury that year, so he goes to college. Uh, ended up being, again, an eighth rounder in 2021. But um, struggled last year, had some bone spurs really has taken off. He got the fall league last year, like 15 innings, and then this year has really taken off. So he's six games right now in double A. 270 ERA in 30 innings, 41 strikes, uh, 41 strikeouts, so 12.3 per nine, to four walks, 1.2 per nine, and four home runs allowed. But in May, Mike Vasile started two games in May, 14 total innings, five hits, one run, Two walks to 14 strikeouts. He's thrown 181 pitches. 126 of them have been strikes. So 69.6%. It's very nice work from Mike Vasile. The thing that I'm not loving. Okay, so let's back up. What he throws. He has, he has four pitches that are above average. Average to above average. Maybe plus on the curveball. So the fastball sits 94. He can touch 98 with it. Throws it very, really well up in the zone. I've got it solidly above average. The curveball is somewhere above average plus. Curveballs are sometimes hard to evaluate. It is a 12 to 6. It is a vertical breaker. Throws it in the low 80s. He has a slider in the high 80s. Kind of looks like a cutter at times. And then he has a change up. Sits in the mid 80s. The issue is, and as dumb as this sounds, is he almost throws too many strikes. And by that, what I mean is... Mike Vasile is trying so incredibly hard to get every single batter struck out and to not walk anybody. 
that sometimes he throws a strike when he doesn't have to. Sometimes he leaves a pitch over the plate when he doesn't have to. And there's going to be times against certain hitters or in certain situations where it's better to miss off the plate versus missing middle-middle. It feels like he's trying to be perfect. And perfect is the enemy of good. And so... Yes, he's only walked four guys in 30 innings. It's fantastic. It's great. 1.2 walks per nine. But when I go back and look at some of those home runs, some of those home runs are in situations where you would have rather just walked the guy. You know, you didn't have to, you know, it was, it was a 1-2 count or a 2-2 count. You didn't have to bring a fastball center of the plate. You could throw something else, maybe get him to chase. But if you end up throwing a ball, it's not a big deal. But he tries to be perfect, and he wants he attacks every single batter relentlessly. And it's a good problem to have, but it's just a little bit of, it's that finesse between being a, a, a thrower and being a pitcher. A little bit of work to do on uh, the right way to attack every hitter, and the understanding you don't necessarily have to strike every single guy out. Uh, but I do love Mike Vestigal. I do think he's better than the projection. A lot of the scouting stuff has him as a number five starter or a reliever. I think he could be a, you know, number five, number four. We'll see how the velocity keeps going. He does get swing and miss on all four pitches, which is a good thing. None of them are worse than, than average. And so as long as he's mixing them all, uh, he's a very effective pitcher. Brian in our email asked about Hunter Goodman uh, and kind of specifically like, how good is he and what position does he play and when is he going to get to Colorado? And so... Brian, the thing with Hunter Goodman, 2021 fourth rounder out of Memphis, and he's always been one of those guys where uh, fantastic power, but there's questions about the hit tool. And the everydayers can say it with me, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. Uh, he, he's, one, like, he's hit so many home runs in the minors. He hit 36 home runs last year. That was third. Uh, this year, he's already hit 12 going into Sunday uh, in 31 games. But it looks like he's gotten better uh, with the hit tool. So right now, 31 games in AA in Hartford, Hartford Yard Goats. 275, 351, 675. 12 home runs, 24 extra base hits, 13 walks to 32 strikeouts, no stolen base attempts. Um, when I, uh, offensively, when I watch Hunter Goodman, he's gotten better at chase. He's gotten better at making contact in the zone. So two things that he was getting... Uh, kind of marked down on. And then he's gotten better at hitting the ball to all fields versus just pulling the ball and launching it for power. He's got tons of power. His 90th percentile exit velocity is like 108. Just stupid power. The issue has always been selling out for that power and trying to crush every single pitch. And Hunter Goodman's gotten a lot better at not chasing as much, having a little more disciplined swing decisions. And so because of that, the slugging right now is at 675, which it's higher in AA Hartford this year than it was in high A Spokane and low A Fresno last year when everybody was like, well, yeah, but it's Fresno. Everybody hits for power in Fresno. He's doing it in Hartford. He's doing it in Connecticut. Like, he, he, he's hitting right now. The, uh, the, the thing here is, oh, by the way, he also, he's, he has one of those home runs off of Mike Vestile. The only home run Mike Vestile has given up in the month of May, the only earned run was a home run to Hunter Goodman. That's how these two guys connect. It's really interesting. Uh, so I think that Hunter Goodman is uh, offensively getting much better. 
I think his hit tool is going to be closer to average with, again, 70-grade power. So you're feeling a lot better about that. The question is, where is he going to play? He is very raw at catcher. His arm is plus, but he just doesn't have a lot of the the, uh, mechanics and technique to be an above-average catcher. And so, and you can see they kind of feel the same way. He's played this year so far. He's played ten games in left, seven games at first, and only five games at catcher. I do think he'll end up being a first base outfield kind of swing guy who does a lot of that. I'm worried stylistically, kind of the the big swing, tons of power, but is going to be prone to strikeouts and things like that. It kind of reminds me a lot of Joey Gallo. But either way, Hunter Goodman to me is going to be an outfielder. Uh, and a first baseman, and you'll see him probably midpoint of next year. Although, the way he's been on this absolute heater in A, it may be sooner than that. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitant that they'll move him up too soon, because he does only have 43 games in the high minors. He only got 12 games in Hartford last year after his late year promotion. So it's still going to be a little while before they move him to AAA. In just a minute, I've got questions about uh, Pablo Aliendo of the Cubs, Drew Rom of the Orioles, who has the most debuts in minor league baseball, and a fun little game of Would You Rather It, and we'll get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we are back. So, continuing with the questions from the everydayers, uh, Colton in our Discord asked about our thoughts on uh, Pablo Aliendo of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, 2017 IFA got 17 games in double A so far this year. Again, entering Sunday, 271, 343, 576, four home runs, 10 extra base hits, six walks to 20 strikeouts, one for one on stolen bases. Uh, Aliendo is one of the better defensive catchers in the minor leagues, definitely the low minors. And uh, probably now that he's in double A, probably one of the better catchers in in the upper minors, I, I can say he's the best catcher in the Southern League right now. I mean, just, it, he, he is defensively, he is a wonderful catcher. He, can, he has a plus arm, the, the, the game calling, the, the blocking, the receiving, all of that stuff, very, very good. He's bilingual, apparently. Pitchers love him. Again, he calls a good game. All of that stuff is great. If his bat does not get any better than what it is right now, Pablo Aliendo is going to have a long career as a backup catcher who is going to be a defensive specialist, can call a really good game, and can hopefully hit his weight uh, uh, offensively. But the question here, obviously, is the offense. Uh, he, he was listed as having a 40-grade hit tool and a 30-grade power tool entering this year. Was very, very aggressive uh, with his swing decisions and his willingness to chase, which meant he was making a lot of suboptimal contact. He's gotten much better this year with the swing decisions, and he's cut down the chase a bit. Still has some work to go there. Part of it's he's just now seeing a really good spin for the first time now that he's in AA. Part of the other issue is he's in the AA Southern League, and the spin is really, really good right now because of the, the, the tacky baseballs, the pre-tacky baseballs. But... If he can continue this trend of, I mean, if, if he can bat 250 uh, with, a, you know, with a slugging of 400, he's a guy that is going to have a long career because he is so good behind the plate. He is incredible to watch defensively. So I'm encouraged by where he is. It is still very early in his time in AA. I do want to see him without 
the tacky baseballs to see how what is what his bat does when he's not facing pitchers who have that extra advantage. We'll see what happens there. Sneaky Turtle in our Discord asked about Drew Rom of the Baltimore Orioles. Left-handed pitcher, 2018 fourth runner out of high school, just a really funky dude. So uh, six games in AA Norfolk this year, 4-1, 2-8-7 ERA in 31 of the third innings. 32 strikeouts, so just over nine strikeouts per nine, to 10 walks, just under three walks per nine, two home runs allowed. He was called up late last week, was up in the bullpen, didn't get into a single game, and then got sent back down. But he is, he's probably my favorite of those like pitchability lefties that the Orioles have had. Because for a while, this was like a thing that they did was just, we're just going to get a bunch of pitchability uh, lefties. And the reason is because he's almost like two separate pitchers, depending on if he's facing a righty or a lefty. So he's got a fastball, he's got a slider, he's got a, a, a splitter that he throws. And so what he does is against a right-handed hitter, and again, Rom is a lefty, against a right-handed hitter, he has like a higher three-quarter slot, and it's a lot of vertical game, right? He's got the fastball that he'll elevate. He's got the splitter that he'll drop down low. He's, he's sitting low 90s or so on the fastball, not a ton of velocity, but it's a lot of up and down, right? So he can get hitters to swing underneath stuff, swing over stuff. And again, it's come out of that, that high three-quarter slot. When he faces a left-handed hitter, he drops the slot down to a low three-quarter slot, and it's very much a lateral game, right? He's working uh, sinker, he's working slider, and so it's just, it's really interesting. He's almost like two separate pitchers, and it's really fun to watch, and because it's so unusual, and he gives so many different looks to different handedness, I feel like he's going to have a little bit of a better chance at surviving than some of the other pitchability lefties that we've seen in this Orioles system that have come up and have struggled. You know, the ceiling on a sinker slider guy isn't incredibly high. We've talked about that before because if you leave anyone, because you're pitching to contact and when you leave those pitches out over the plate or you miss your spot, you don't have the command on, you get crushed. But it feels like because he does so many different things, he has a little bit more runway as far as the grace to make it work. Uh, So really fun there. Brian in our Discord asked which team led the league in debuts this year. And everybody thought it was going to be Washington. Washington only has four. It's actually, there's actually two teams going into Sunday that are tied with five. And uh, both of them have had four pitchers debut and one position player, and it's uh, the Cleveland Guardians and the Oakland Athletics. Uh, The Cleveland Guardians had four pitchers, and then uh, catcher, utility guy, David Fry. Uh, The the Oakland A's have had four pitchers, and then first baseman, Ryan Noda. Uh, They've had different qualities for these guys, um, but they've had some some good players. Cleveland brought up uh, Tanner Bibby, brought up Logan Allen. Uh, Oakland brought up, I mean, we all watched the saga and really kind of enjoyed the whole the whole uh, Mason Miller thing, right? They brought up pitcher Luis Medina. Shintaro Fujinami counts in there. That was his MLB debut. So they had a first baseman, and they had four pitchers. It's really interesting. Four teams have only, uh, all right, sorry, four teams had four debuts. Milwaukee, Miami, the Giants, and Washington had four debuts. And then five teams have only had one guy debut this season, and not 
all teams you would expect. The Angels, we know they're they're competing. It's a veteran-laden team. They brought up Zach Neto. He's the only debut they've had this year. Uh, Philly is a competing team full of veterans. They brought up McKinley Moore, pitcher. That's the only debut they've had this year. But some teams that aren't necessarily still in their divisions or or, or were expected to be competing for the playoffs haven't had a lot of debuts this year either. Colorado, Brenton Doyle is the only debut that they've had this year. Detroit, uh, Mason Englert is the only debut they've had this year. And the Royals, Austin Cox is the only debut that they've had this year. Uh, final question on the show comes from Everydayer Adam P on YouTube. He asked a really quick for the minor league reserve spot on your fantasy team, would like would you rather this guy or that guy? So for catcher, would you rather have Dominic Keegan of the Rays or Dylan Dingler of the Detroit Tigers? The answer is Dingler for me. He has uh, he's closer to the bigs and he's been on the prospect team of the week twice. So he is on a heater right now and is doing very well. Uh, for the outfield, Mason Hour of the Rays. This is Tampa Bay Rays heavy here, in case you can't tell. Or Owen Casey of the Cubs. I'm taking Casey. I think he has a higher ceiling. Uh, starting pitcher. Do you want uh, Mason Montgomery of the Rays or Ty Madden of the Tigers? Both of them have decent fastballs. I like Madden's secondaries better. So it would be Madden for me. And the relief pitcher, it's down to Colby White of the Rays or Ethan Small of the Brewers. White's still coming back from Tommy John. He's not going to be on a mound, we think, until the middle of the year. Ethan Small is healthier. He is closer to the bigs. Uh, I would never put a spot on a fantasy team, like in an A spot, to hold a reliever. But in this hypothetical, I would pick Ethan Small. So not on purpose. I didn't pick any Rays. I do love the Rays system. But in these four situations, I'm taking these non-Rays over the Rays. Fantastic week coming up this week. Reminder, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag or just a show idea you want to see us cover, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us. Locked on MLB Prospects at gmail.com or drop your questions into Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Till tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.